I'm Jack Dan, the author or editor of over 75 books, including The Man Who Melted and The Memory Cathedral. And I'm listening to Blood Noir on Para-X and Anchor. What if a man can invade other people's dreams to rob a bank? What if technology is originally developed with the greater good in mind, but ultimately becomes corrupted by human greed? What if you are stuck in an asylum and know you will never get out? Through the dark recesses of the dream world come strange stories of horror, terror, and wonder. And a mysterious question. How can so many people have the same dreams? Dark Dreams is an anthology of stories from the minds of Mark Slade, Thomas M. Malafarina. E.S. Wynn, D.S. Scott, John C. Adams, Emery and Rich, Jason Norton, P.J. Griffin, Mr. Deadman, David Ludford, Joseph J. Patchen, Mark Tompkins, Sean Clay, and Kevin Race. Cover and art by Cameron Hampton and edited by Gavin Chapel and Mark Slade. Published by Rogue Planet Press and is available now on Lulu.com and other outlets where books are sold. Crime and Horror Anthology Show. Stories about people caught in desperate times and only have one way out. I'm sure you're wondering why you received this tape from a random stranger. But is it really random? Am I really a stranger? Or are we connected in some way to a web of lies and deceit, possibly murder? You see, I hear things, see things. I know everything.
everything. To protect myself, I need these stories to be told. June 4th, 1986. This is Claire Sanders in an interview with... Is this thing on? I gotta tell you, it freaks me out. And my voice recorded. I don't know. I never liked recording devices. Cameras, microphones, telephones. Please, state your entire name for the record. Bernard William Fagg, the, a junior. Well, I guess not now. My old man died ten years ago. So I guess, uh, just a Bernard Fag. What is your connection to the Montelope disappearances, Mr. Fag? Well, I was one of those people who disappeared from the Montelope diner. Well, so I'm told. Can you relate this story to my readers? That depends, Miss Sanders. On what, Mr. Fag? Whether your magazine will pay me that thousand dollars or not. Of course, Mr. Fag. Our editor told you so when you called us. After you had heard about the fact that I was writing an article on the incident. You mean incidents, do you not, Miss Sanders? brought me out here for this, Claire? <clears throat> it's hotter than my last wife's crotch.
Right here, Dougie. This is where it happened. Twenty years ago. Here. At the Montelope Diner. I can't believe I'm actually here. Ever since I was a little girl, Dougie. When I saw that documentary on the Montelope disappearances. <laughs> I was obsessed. I know, Claire. I know. And I've tried to talk you into getting therapy. Dougie, I'm being serious. So am I, Claire. Look, get this article written for the magazine, get your book finished, and forget about those six people who claim they were abducted by aliens. All right? Dougie, I'm going to walk you through it. Kim Fuller? It was 10 o'clock at night on a Tuesday. May 12th. 1966. I was on a date with a truck driver by the name of Gary Bosworth. It was a bad date. He was boring and pushy, full of crap. We argued. He got up and stormed out of the diner. My kids and I were living with my sister at the time, working as a set decorator for one of the Vegas shows at the Dakota Inn. So, it wasn't the best time in your life? <laughs> Not by far. It was the worst time of my life. I was going through a divorce, and my sister was a pain in the ass about the bills. My kids were brats, trying to run away every other week. Anyways, I needed a ride. Guess who I had to call? Yep, my sister. I stepped outside the diner, and the heel of my left shoe got caught in a crack and broke off. Oh, jeez. I hope I have the change to call Sue. If I don't, it's going to be collect. Uh, screw it. Uh, damn it! Look at that! Broke the heel of my new shoes! Ugh! Now my stockings are ripped! You must hate me, God! I picked up the heel and put it in my purse. Wouldn't you know it? I ripped the heel of my left stocking on a nail. Phone rings. I took a few steps and picked up the receipt. Hello? A bright light appeared out of the sky and swallowed Kim up. Claire, <laughs> this is not human bringing a 72-year-old man to a desert in 120-degree weather. Jesus, my handkerchief is already full of sweat. No one told you to wear a three-piece suit, Dougie. So, are you going to back my book? Hmm. <sighs> <sighs> I'm just the publisher of a magazine, damn it. Who also happens to own 51% of Kaleidoscope books. Come on, Dougie. You're also my uncle. Only by marriage. And that was my fourth marriage. Okay, okay. I'll publish your stupid book on stupid alien abduction. I'll need to know more about this... Montelope disappearances. 
dropped into the diner for a bite to eat. What time was that, Donald? Had to have been close to 10 p.m. I was on my way to Fresno. I stepped on the porch and the phone rang. The payphone?
there it is. Oh, oh, six. Claire, stop. Someone might see you fondling the nameplate on this old payphone. I wonder what the significance of this payphone is. Jesus. I'm sweating like a stuck pig here. Claire, darling, please, can we leave already? I told you I would publish a book and article. Please. <clears throat> I wanted to convince you this really happened, Dougie. I believe it. I believe it. I damn well believe it, okay? I'm convinced. The Montelope shut down in 1976. The owner was also the fry cook, Steve Blanding. He was the sixth person involved in the story. He died last month. He claimed he didn't like talking about the incident. I watched the tape of him on Donahue. Maybe because it's all a lie. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't ever say that. Uh, honey, maybe, just maybe you're too close to the story. I didn't spend almost my entire life researching this case, countless hours trying to figure out why the fuck these six people, out of millions of people on the fucking planet, only, only six people were taken by aliens just to have you make a joke out of it. What is the significance of that number? Oh, oh, six. For months I had these dreams. I was in a vat of green liquid that boined your skin. Every time I would wake up, that would be in my head. Oh, oh, six? Oh, oh, six. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the others in your group told me. We met a few times. We've spoken about our incidences. You know there are a lot of people out there who say they don't believe this. I'm aware. They say it's highly unlikely that five people on the same night 
experience an alien abduction. So what? No one can explain why tornadoes hit trailer parks first. There's a lot of mysteries out there. No one can solve the riddle of God or if he exists, and if he does, then why does he exist? That's very deep for a man who only has an eighth grade education. I read a lot of encyclopedias. Can you turn the tape player off? You said I could have all day with you. Just turn that damn contraption off! I have to confess to something. I'm going to have a cigarette. Want one? Confess what, Kim? Oh, God. I'm not sure I want to do this. My sick mother needs this money. My conscience can't take it anymore. Don't you understand? I can't go on living with this lie. It's all a lie. Every bit of it. The alien abduction. All a lie. We were all approached by Stephen Blanding to help him cook up this story. He said the diner was failing. He needed the money desperately. And he knew a few guys in the documentary business could get seed money to make this film. Five hundred for each of us if we just helped him collaborate a story. He said the more elaborate and crazy our abductions were, the less it made sense. No absolution to the mystery. The more people will believe it. And, and all these years, he was right. Oh, God. He was right. <laughs> Kim, are you listening to me? Yes. Yes. You are going to take this thousand dollars from my publisher for the article I'm writing. Then you are going to take another thousand because the same publisher will be buying the rights to your life and story. Oh, and furthermore, you are going to believe that you were abducted by aliens and had your asshole probed. Even on your deathbed. You will not. You will not recount this fucking story. Do you fucking understand me? Yes. 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 When you pick up the phone, does anyone say anything? No, it's just white noise. When you pick up the phone, is anyone there? Yes. Oh, yes. A terrible ghostly voice. But they don't say anything. They just howl or moan. The payphone rings. Is there a voice? No. No one is there. I just heard computers in the background. Machines whirling. When you answer the phone, 
Is there anyone on the line? Yes. And what do they say? It's time to go, Mr. Fag. It's time, it's time to, to go, go, Mr. Fag. That's what they said. All of them. Claire, I know this story means a lot to you. There's a time and a place for a meltdown, huh? <laughs> this isn't one of them. I already told you I'd publish whatever you came up with. Hell, I don't care if it's true or not. It is true. I told you that. What? What the hell? Did you set this up? Claire, don't answer. Hello? Blood Noir, Episode 4, 006, featuring Pete Lutz as The Stranger, starring Tanya Milevich as Claire, Pete Lutz as Doug, Lothar Topin as Bernie, Kristen Mass as Kim, Matt Weller as Donald, and Rhonda Mitchell as Linda. Blood Noir was created by Mark Slane. Music by Carpenter's Notch. Audionautics.com Credit narration by Tanya Milevich. Written and directed by Mark Slade. Yeah.